This is the Asade Podcast Channel. Audio pills to get inspired. Soy David Velázquez, eh, soy magistrado en excedencia, magistrado de carrera y bueno, ejercí como magistrado 12 años aquí en los juzgados de Madrid y de Barcelona, en Cataluña, y bueno, después de eh, tras una andadura en algunas empresas profesionales, pues estoy ahora ejerciendo como profesor contratado doctor de esta universidad. ¿no? Y bueno, en esta experiencia profesional pues, he tenido que tratar mucho, lógicamente, con el tema del corporate compliance, que es absolutamente ahora el tema de, vamos, digamos, de moda, de moda ahora en nuestro país, en el ámbito digamos, del derecho penal, departamento de penal y departamento de compliance al que me dedico. ¿no? Bien, entonces, esa es la introducción, lo que tiene absolutamente sentido en este marco es que seamos absolutamente prácticos de saber cuál es eh, la situación actual del compliance y dar un poco indicaciones o pautas que puedan ser útiles en este sentido. ¿no? ¿Cuáles son las principales digamos, tendencias actualmente en este ámbito del compliance? ¿no? Bien, en este sentido, bueno, en los últimos años he tenido la suerte o el privilegio de poder trabajar con instituciones internacionales como el Banco Mundial, eh, con el Banco Mundial o y también con empresas multinacionales que se han preocupado por dar un paso más en el ámbito del compliance, no reducirse a lo que es el ámbito propiamente doméstico, ¿no? y ver en ese sentido qué es lo que actualmente predomina en esta materia. ¿no? Entonces, digo, ya muy rápidamente, para ver las ideas básicas, ¿dónde nos encontramos? ¿Qué eh, predomina ahora en esta materia? No solo en el ámbito nacional, sino internacional. Y a partir de ahí, abrir el debate a cualquier pregunta, a cualquier cuestión que pueda surgir, que pueda interesar, y que podamos eh, dar soluciones prácticas, que es el sentido de esta, digamos, muy breve exposición, ¿no? Pero, en ese sentido, muy breve exposición, ¿cuál es la situación actual de cumplimiento normativo, lo que llamamos compliance, ¿no? digamos, en el momento actual? ¿Un sistema de compliance que debe tener? Pues, si ahora mismo preguntáramos a cualquier empresa cómo debe construir su sistema de cumplimiento normativo, pues, focalizaríamos en este esquema, actualmente, la gran mayoría de las empresas, cómo prevén el cumplimiento normativo. Y lo prevén una idea básica, fundamental, y es que compliance o cumplimiento no es el mero, la mera observancia de los requisitos eh, contenidos en una regulación legal. En nuestro caso, en el Código Penal, por ejemplo, en el artículo 39 bis del Código Penal, que cuando se ha implementado, ha supuesto una auténtica revolución. ¿no? Todo el mundo debemos cumplir con la regulación penal o podremos ir a la cárcel, pero podemos ir a la cárcel los directivos por no adoptar estas medidas preventivas. No, no es simplemente esto, no es reaccionar ante una posibilidad de sanción penal, sí, in field of compliance uh, for companies or for multinational companies is not only to comply with some provisions, articles, sections uh, foreseen in codes or in legislation, but the most important thing is to implement a culture of compliance, a culture of compliance within, within the company. So which are, which are the main trends, the main trends from an international point of view? So, It's not only to, uh, to comply with law, but to implement a, co uh, uh, a culture, uh, ethical corporate culture within the company, and how we can manage to implement this culture. So now, the main motto at this regard 
is to have tongue at the top. To have tongue at the top, at the board of the electrodes level, we have to give instruction to all employees to develop this culture of compliance. We have also another important thing, very important is to, to be embedded. The culture of compliance has to be embedded in the organization within the company. So what we are facing now is not only to react to the commission of a crime, of a criminal offense, but also to prevent and to detect. And how we are going to prevent and detect a system of corporate compliance in a company? Well, these are the main tools that we have here. So risk assessment, review, and develop protocols and procedures. But also, we have to implement some tools that are not forcing in law. For instance, we have to implement uh, computer tools to register and to have a track record of all the uh, offenses or other kind of irregularities that are committed within the company. So the main idea now is that we don't, compliance is not only reacting to an infringement of law, but also implementing a culture of compliance at this regard. So this will be more or less a compliance system nowadays. But there is also other theories or opinions that think that we have to take into account the free lines of defense model. That is a traditional system from an accounting point of view that uh, has been taken into consideration before they enter into force of the current legislation in the field of compliance. These three lines of defense model divide the functions of a compliance system in three parts or three phases. That is, the first one, the first line of defense, that are the owners of the risk. And the other one who have to deal with controls and with measures in a daily basis, in a daily basis. So if we had to say which is the liability or the responsibility of a CEO in the framework of a compliance system, we have to say that it has to be focused in the first line. The CEO will be here in a compliance system according to the accounting compliance management system. Then we have a second line of defense that will be, uh, will be located the compliance officer. The function of uh, compliance will be located on the second line. And his function will be to promote compliance, to develop compliance, to give uh, deliberate communication to all the employees, to deliver courses, training, training in compliance. This will be the second line of defense. And finally, we have also third line of defense. This is the audit, the audit, internal audit function. And this function will be to review, to review the compliance system, to review the management body compliance system, and to deliver a report in an annual or quarterly basis to the management uh, bodies of the company. Well, now we are assisting to a paradox in the framework of this auditing system is there are some companies that put their third line of defense in charge of the whistleblowing channels. And according to our legislation, for instance, Spanish legislation, this is not appropriate because it must be the compliance officer, the one who must be in charge 
of the whistleblowing channels. But there is well, some trend, uh, especially in German companies, for instance, to that the audit, the internal audit, is in charge of the whistleblowing channel. But as I said before, this must be a function of the compliance officer. So which is the compliance officer role according to uh, our legislation, according to the main standards in this field? What well, is the oversight of the compliance management system? And well, I'm not going to repeat all the, uh, of course, what is uh, <laughs> written here, but the most important thing is to, to post some questions and to debate. And in this sense, the main debate about compliance officer role is if this person is going to be exposed to a criminal liability more than other uh, executives of the company, other uh, charges of the company. That is not really true in theory because it's the only one who's in charge of the oversight but it's nothing to do with the criminal liability. But at the end of the day, and as some, uh, a circular for the prosecutor office in Spain has stated that taking into account that he's going to be nearer to the focus of the crime, he will be more exposed to this criminal liability. But this is not uh, from the beginning, or this is not on a theoretical basis that he's going to be more exposed. First, to advise, he has to implement of the, all the measures that are uh, foreseen in our law, and mainly he has the final liability of the oversight of the functioning of the control. But this not mean, does not mean that the management body has no liability at all because the management body will be the final, uh, the final level uh, of the whole management system. This is, a, this is a competence that cannot be delegated by the board directors. They must be held liable if finally the system fail and uh, the compliance officer is only the liable it will be only responsible for the concrete functioning of the system, but not uh, will avoid the board of directors' liability. So very quickly, only well, another mm, question that I pose in the debate in corporate compliance now, for instance, is the relationship with audit, with internal audit in an organization, because we are some functions that are interacting now between internal audit and compliance. Who must be a compliance officer? It must be some uh, lawyer, uh, a lawyer perhaps, or uh, a person uh, with competences in auditing. Well, this is a question that's usually posed, but we can say that at this moment, uh, for the moment we have 50% uh, lawyers and 50% people from uh, the internal audit department that are in charge of a compliance officer function. But what is important, there's some fields that are interconnected. For instance, the review of the criminal offense program must be delivered by the compliance officer, but it's also a task of the internal audit department. So it <laughs> uh, could be some mixture or a duplicated of tasks within the company. And also, as we stated before, the communications received uh, through whistleblowing channels, we are facing the same problem their functions are duplicated within the company. So this is not a question of performance of a company. How are we going to manage not to duplicate this function? Uh, also, 
other laws, regulations, we have to update all the policies within the company to update all the regulation and put it in accordance with current law. So this is a big problem that we are facing now in the field of corporate compliance. But the most important motto now and the most important trend all the world and all the companies is the aim at developing a ethical, a corporate ethical culture. All the standards in corporate compliance, not only in Spain, but you know, all the world, the companies, that's, as I said before, it's not enough to comply with law. We have to develop this corporate ethical culture. And this has been stated also by our Supreme Court in Spain in the first judgment issued in uh, corporate compliance the Supreme Court stated that it's not enough to comply with Section 31 of the Spanish Criminal Code, but we have also to implement this culture of compliance. And what does this mean, this cultural compliance? is perhaps this very bad, uh, concept, abstract or generic concept. How we can concrete this culture of compliance? Well, this is our main challenge now. Uh, well, we have some international standards, as for instance, uh, culture of uh, compliance will be the tongue at the top to be to this is commitment, the high commitment for the top at the top for the board directors with zero tolerance towards bribery, towards corruption, to, uh, to communicate to all employees and all directors within the company that we have zero tolerance towards bribery and we are going to implement this system. Corporate uh, ethical culture is training, is communication, is selection, promotion of employees according to these standards. And this is now the most important element of the system that has been remarked by our Supreme Court. So I would say, uh, what is the main element of the criminal liability of companies. The main element is a, a, a structural defect, a structural fail of the organization. This is structural fail is due to the fact that the companies has not implemented the adequate, the appropriate mechanism to avoid criminal liability. And not implemented the, these requirements is because you have not complied you have not implemented a corporate ethical culture. Well, we have a lot of international standards, risk-based programs. Have in the USA, have the FCPA that is dated on 1977. This is a long time ago, and has international standards in this field. But we have also the World Bank Integrity Compliance Guideline that is very, very interesting because the World Lie, the World Bank, when is uh, uh, the river was providing with finance uh, uh, and credit to some companies. One of the elements that is taken into account is that they must comply, they must have a compliance program in order to provide them with finance. It's absolutely necessary to have a compliance program. And if not, if you commit a criminal offense, the World Bank is going to retire, is going to not to give you this credit or this uh, finance because it's the most important element. And one of the sanctions of the World Bank is, for instance, the oversight of the implementation of a corporate compliance within the company. One of the sanctions 
that are imposed by the World Bank is a debarment, a debarment uh, conditioned to, subject to, uh, oversight uh, supervision of the implementation of a corporate compliance program in very important multinational companies. And it's very interesting to assess which are the main criteria that are taken into consideration by, the, by these international institutions. And for instance, for them it's very important the uh, simplicity in the language. You have to, uh, to draft, for instance, code of conduct or anti-corruption policies with a very simplified language, very accessible for the employees. This must be not legal terms, must be, this is absolutely really, really important for them because if not, you are not implementing this culture, it's not understandable by the employees. You have to draft very clear, very simple policies. But we have also, uh, regarding the Bravery Act, UK Bravery Act, dated on 2010, the UK Ministry of Justice guidance, adequate procedures. It's also the same, is to implement a risk assessment uh, based on the main standards that we have talked about. And also the Security Exchange Commission's report that are also mandatory for some companies and they must deliver quarterly report to this authority and they must also give evidence about the implementation of the corporate compliance system. So we have international standard, we have elements, but at the end of the day, the main trouble now that we are facing as a professional in this field is what is going to be the the final evidence or very objective evidence to avoid criminal liability in, in compliance. Uh, uh, very general standards, but we need perhaps something more, something uh, uh, more in the future. For instance, as regards training, which are the basic standards in training in corporate compliance? Well, first of all, we must uh, select the training adapted to the position of the employees and the risk. It's not uh, mm, useful uh, training regardless of the position within the company of the employee. It's very important, it must be selected. It must also a very traditional standard of this field is that uh, senior management it must be a classroom-based training for the senior management. And it could be online training for the rest of the employees. But the best standard, best practice in this field is that to uh, a classroom-based training, a classroom-based training. Also, we must uh, use uh, some events, for instance, within the company. Yes, some events, for instance, when there is the, the annual meeting of the company, it's very useful to take advantage of this and to give training in this uh, special event. For instance, for the senior management, on the senior management and a speech, for instance. Also now, uh, very important training uh, standard is uh, the training based in games, to use games to promote the corporate compliance, for instance, between the employees in the company. So, well, for instance, well, we can use the anti-corruption day. <laughs> it's also anti-corruption day, I think it's the 9th of December, no? 9 December. So 
we can use this data well, to propose uh, a game uh, within the employees, uh, um, a game of compliance, and they must uh, uh, discover a secret. Uh, it will be a prize for the employee that discovered the secret. Well, just to make that funny, to make the just more uh, to communicate this culture in a funnier way. So it's also very important. It's not only the legal terms and to, well, selection or promotion of personnel. We have also to uh, to select the personnel according to compliance parameters. It's also a good example of corporate compliance culture. Well, now this. These are standards or these are points that are not foreseen in a code or in any kind of legislation, but are now the current standards that uh, have given more importance within the companies. So, a step further would be the certifications. We have, well, very important international standards. We have all, of course, UK Variat, FCPA, we have uh, legislation, for instance, in Germany, is very uh, it's, uh, extensive uh, legislation, although it's not criminal. In Germany and Italy, it's not criminal. It's administrative only. But uh, from a judge perspective, from the perspective of a court, it will be more important to have some kind of certification. And these are the main certifications in the field of compliance that we have. For instance, there are international organization for standardization, the uh, we have the 9,600 complex management system, but this is a general certification. It's not especially in criminal law. It's a general. It's not specifically in compliance. It's general, and it's, uh, it's divided in generic tools and specific tools. But it's not certificable, so it's not so important to give evidence before a court because it's not certificable. And one step further, we have in the anti-bribery management system that has been translated into Spanish in 2015. And it's uh, only based in bribery. It's only for bribery. But bribery in an Anglo-Saxon concept is uh, wider than the Spanish concept. Uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, Anglo concept is for all kinds of criminal offense committed against the public administration. It's not only... Uh, a street concept of bribery, but it's only for bribery. This is very interesting, not the content of the certification, but it's uh, annexes. The annexes are really important because you have there, uh, for instance, a concept of uh, facilitation payments. Facilitation payments, that of course, are prohibited here in Spain, but there are some countries where not prohibited the facilitation payments. We have also the concept of public officer, uh, how we must uh, uh, understand uh, uh, this concept must be understood, the concept of public officer for a compliance program perspective. Well, and also, which is the documentation mandatory for complying with this certification? Well, so in this sense, it will be very interesting also for give evidence before a Spanish court or other kind of court that you comply with the main international standards. We have saw also some uh, international standards, but specifically from some countries, for instance, Australian standards, but we have also Austrian, Austrian standards uh, dated in 2030, but there are some international standards, but more focus 
on specific countries. But the most important one now, it will be criminal compliance management system to be implemented here in Spain. That is a Spanish norm. It's 19,601 criminal compliance management. It's a certification that is going to enter into force in the coming months, perhaps in June or July. And this will be really interesting because it's going to be criminal for criminal compliance and also a specific for Spain. So we can say that it will be the final certification or the most important certification to give it evidence before Spanish courts. Well, as I just said, we have from an international point of view, the most important certification now is the anti-bribery management system, anti-manner management system. I would say it contains all the generic and specific tools in compliance, but it's only focused in bribery. I would say, for instance, the employee procedures, performance risk assessment, well, training, all the main tools, and it's certificable before the uh, authorities, international authorities. But from my point of view, now what is going to be most important in future will be the criminal compliance Spanish management system. Well, we have to see, we have to check who is going to deliver this certification because there is no export. <laughs> I don't know uh, any authority, uh, any official authority to, with the ability to give certification in criminal compliance, in a specific criminal compliance. Well, <laughs> in the coming years, we are going to assist uh, <laughs> Well, how uh, experts are going to, uh, to come in, you know, in this field because we don't have now entities or authorities in criminal compliance to certify that the company complies with all requirements, that comply, well, but it's going, as you say, very interesting because it's criminal and it's national. And also it contains some annexes where are related all the requirements of a Spanish criminal code all the requirements of Spanish criminal code, and at the same time, which are the tools that the Spanish companies must implement to comply with these requirements in the annexes of this certification. We say, well, perfect. Well, we have the perfect certification. It's going to be very easy, but not so easy because uh, it's also very general, or uh, abstract in some terms. For instance, well, it will be mandatory a review of the criminal compliance system by the management body. Or it will be mandatory the review of the corporate compliance by the compliance officer. But um, how? Well, this is a matter that the certification does not uh, well, provide, you know, fully provide. But the main imp uh, importance of this certification, for instance, is that it contains uh, the concept of culture of compliance. It is defined in the certification, the culture of compliance. And the culture of compliance is training, is communication, is the same treatment to the same situation, is the selection and promotion of a personnel within the company with or taking into account compliance criteria, is well, to promote, to foster the anti-bribery system is, well, we have, at the end, we have some criteria in this certification to comply with the 
requirements of the Supreme Court judgment. It contains also the content of the annual report to the management body, to the management body. It is in the certification also, which are the main points that must be remarked in, the, in this annual report. It contains also some objective parameters, some performance evaluation, monitoring, and also the importance of computer tools to give track record of all the measures implemented in the, co in the company, within the company, to comply with these requirements. So, and finally, also this continual improvement of the model and non-conformity corrective actions. But it must be taken into account that it's not allowed to the company to impose uh, disciplinary action according to labor law. So it must be only well, corrective actions or to tell the authorities to, impl to impose some sanctions, but the compliant officer will be, uh, is not capable of imposing this sanction. So at the end of the day, we have now a Spanish criminal compliance certification. We have some judgment of the Supreme Court. We have some international standard. We have also the anti-management corruption system certification that are uh, remarking that now the current trend and the future trend, corporate compliance, is to give evidence before the authorities, not only criminal authorities, that you have implemented this culture of compliance. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening. It's Sade, inspiring futures.